I had to go as an able-bodied person, I had to go on a huge uh, journey of self-discovery in, in terms of well, I didn't realise how difficult travel was uh, for a large part of the population who may have disabilities of different um, descriptions. Hi everyone, welcome to Now Boarding, a new travel podcast by me, Payal Nair. This show aims at creating awareness about ecotourism, sustainable tourism, responsible travel and a lot more. We will cover stories and journeys of people who are ecotourism specialists and those who are leaders in their field. We will also be talking to people who have had unique travel experiences, remarkable conceptual places to stay, unexplored cultures and ancient histories of various towns and cities around the world. Join me in this journey of knowing more about travel. Get inspired to see the world and discover your inner self. Hi everyone. Today I am in conversation with Amanda Walker. Amanda is the CEO of Aussie Holiday Stays, which is an online booking platform uh, for Australian holiday accommodation. Um, she has been a winner of the 2020 Business News 40 Under 40 and um, in 2019, Amanda was also a finalist at the WTA Tourism Awards and the Insight Startup of the Year Awards. So thank you so much for joining me today, Amanda. Thank you for having me, Payal. I really appreciate it. So um, let's start, I think let's backtrack a little bit um, and start from, you know, um, a little bit about you um, and before we move on to actually talking about uh, your, your platform and, you know, what it stands for and all of that. So just a little background on you would be interesting. Sure. Uh, so in a previous life, before the crazy startup journey, I was a teacher. I retrained as teaching uh, as a teacher when my children were young. And before that, was involved in corporate finance, uh, in business planning and all the rest. So as a teacher, uh, focusing on economics, uh, but then saw an opportunity and uh, started on our crazy startup journey. Yeah, it's, um, I think, you know, I can completely relate to that because that's something that um, happened with me as well. I was in the corporate world in the travel industry and, um, and then after several years of doing that, just decided to move on and became a voice talent and then got into podcasting and all that. So, so you know, sometimes um, I, I can so relate to that. It's like, some there's a calling and then you just you just want to um see where that takes you so 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 yes so let's um hear a little bit about how what actually kind of encouraged you to move away for from what you were doing to the startup world and what exactly did you start up yeah, sure. And it's really interesting what you were saying um, about previous experiences because uh, although they're quite unique, the corporate finance and the teaching, um, I've always had a wanderlust spirit. I've always loved travel. Uh, and it's funny how your skills merge to be 
to come together in startup land. And I've found that the relationship building from teaching and the corporate finance, finance side and the business planning has melded really well with the love of travel. And I think that's kind of where it all starts is you have a business idea, but then you also have to have some idea of how you're going to do it. And I think, as you alluded to, my background has helped me get to this point. Um, but why we started, we actually started WA Homestay, which was very niche in the West Australian holiday market. Uh, and we did that as we owned a holiday home down south. And when Stays, which is quite a large platform in Australia, changed to their international booking platform, Home Away, in March 2018, we saw an opportunity to reconnect to local communities. What we experienced with the large multinationals was a disconnect from local communities. They didn't really care about where they were operating. Uh, fees increased and customer service decreased. So we saw an opportunity to make a difference. And so we launched WA Homestay. That was a huge learning journey. Um, and thankfully, we've had some incredible traction and support from uh, West Australians. And it has allowed us to go national with Aussie Holidays Days, which is due to launch in February this year, late, late this. <laughs> late Feb. Okay, so it hasn't been launched as yet. No, the developers are still madly developing away. Uh, my, my beautiful team, they're my co-founders. And uh, yeah, we're, we're building a bespoke site. So it's certainly not a small job, but uh, we're getting there. Okay, that's good. Good luck with that because I think, um, yeah, from one state to actually going national, I can understand uh, because obviously you have to. So what? Um, so as a as a platform with um, what you're doing currently, the Western Australia stays. Um, what? Uh, so you reach out to uh, people who own homes. Um, and then ask them to list themselves on your platform? Yes, yeah, so uh, a lot of it was just calling and uh, my little speech was basically I'm a homeowner, holiday homeowner myself, and I've been a little bit disillusioned by the bigger booking platforms. And that seemed to resonate uh, uh, to the point where they were happy to come on that journey and take that leap of faith and list with us. It's on a paper booking basis, so there's no risk to them, and, and start building up that housing base. And then, of course, with the two-way marketplace, it's not just the homes. You have to then get the guests, and that was the next part of the puzzle that we had to put together. Okay, so um, when you, uh, you said you call homeowners, right, is there any any particular criteria that um, um, you, you know, you enforce uh, for a homeowner to, to list on your platform? Yes, so we are a big supporter of sustainable tourism. And it was one of our decisions that we made early on speaking to local communities and some of the other accommodation providers, because we deal with self-contained accommodation, holiday homes, um, and the like. So speaking to bed and breakfasts and uh, farm stays and, and other people, locals that actually live and work in those accommodation types, it was really clear that they were under a lot of pressure from the rise in unregistered properties that were listing on these larger booking platforms. And they were the soul of the holiday destinations. And you don't want to lose that because you become a shell 
of a destination. Uh, you know, like Venice uh, doesn't have any uh, locals living on the island. It's all short-term accommodation. And it becomes a little bit commercial and I think loses what makes it special in a way. So we made a decision early on to work with the local governments within Western Australia to only insure registered properties listed on our site. And uh, I'm really proud of that. And it's something that we will continue uh, when we go across to Aussie holiday stays. Okay, so um, you mentioned, um, you know, you mentioned the local communities. Um, so who work um, in these holiday homes, right? Um, how do you, so when um, there are guests, uh, I'm assuming that the guests who, um, who actually book up these spaces um, are, correct me if I'm wrong, are not international, but they are from within the state? Certainly recently, because no one's coming yeah, into yeah. Australia <laughs> at the moment. Um, absolutely. And so we were hit by COVID. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that has obviously changed things. To be honest, um, you know, you wouldn't wish COVID on anyone at all the world. But for business, it was actually a, a bit of a boost in terms of we were marketing to the West Australian market. Uh, because that was what our marketing budget would allow. We couldn't go up against the multinationals at the stage of business that we were um, to advertise overseas. So uh, because people weren't able to travel outside of the state, our marketing kind of paid off. It was just good timing, um, if for want of a better word, when you're speaking about COVID. But uh, yes, so most of our guests have been local, but and we will continue to focus on the Australian market initially. However... Social media has a wonderful reach and we obviously welcome uh, guests from all over. It's just we have to choose how to use our marketing budget. Yeah, and you're right about social media because that's how my team found you. <laughs> so, uh, yes, which yeah. is how fabulous, you know, yeah. and, you know, you can't, you can't buy that. Like, as far as a startup, that's um, an incredible opportunity. Yeah, no, absolutely. So um, when you have um, your, you know, when, when the guests book uh, the homestays, um, is there, um, I mean, are there any ground rules in terms of, um, because yes, one, every homeowner would obviously want, um, you know, to protect their home and to ensure that, um, you know, it's not misused or, or people don't, don't kind of uh, behave badly on, on, uh, on the property. Um, but what, uh, what about the local communities within those areas surrounding um, these homes? Um, is there any kind of, um, um, any ground rules for the guests? you know, uh, in terms of how um, they give back to the community or how do they behave with the local community? So is there any, is there any kind of ground rules that you as a platform um, has sort of encouraged and set up? Because I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about uh, being responsible, right? Absolutely. And it, it is such an interesting question. And I think it's formed um, a large part of the argument in Western Australia, and I know across the world, there's been discussions in relation to short-term accommodation and the regulation around it. 
and how to coexist with it. Because I think especially since COVID, we've seen a huge upswing in demand. So it's like almost a 40% increase on what it was previously uh, for self-contained accommodation. People are wanting to holiday with their loved ones share communal spaces, but also have space from the rest of um, the community and not share lifts and uh, things like that where you would have to in a hotel. So there's absolutely the demand from the traveller's perspective to have self-contained accommodation. However, we've all heard the horror stories of you know, living next to a, a, a short-term rental where the guests are acting up and, and what do you do? And I think this is where our requirement to be registered uh, is really comes into its own because the external neighbours will know who they can contact uh, if it is a registered property. They can contact the local council if they're having issues. They're often in contact with the property owner or the property manager, depending on the case. So it is a way, there is, you can't control all guest behaviour. Even in hotels, people will act up. You add alcohol, Sometimes things go awry. Yeah. I think what the problem is, is when they feel, when neighbours and the wider community feel like there's no chain of command, there's no one they can call, there's no one that can help stop the behaviour. And I think by only allowing registered properties to list, we've mitigated that. And also being a local platform who answers the calls, uh, they can also ring us. Um, yeah. You know, so it's just about being available and doing what we can. Uh, certainly there is talks about code of conduct coming in. The state government's currently under um, is under review. So it will be very interesting to see what comes from that. I'm all for a code of conduct, but it's always the compliance side. You can have it, but how do you ensure that that's actually what they're doing? This episode of Now Boarding a Travel and Tourism podcast is supported by Podcast Melting Pot Collection, which is an inspiring podcast series covering journeys of culturally diverse and passionate individuals. And it also envisions to be a leading platform for motivational storytelling that inspires listeners from all walks of life. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, that's, that's always the tough part. But um do you think in general um, over the past few years there has been some sort of a shift um, towards sustainable and responsible um, tourism? At least, um, you know, not, I mean, let's just be more specific um, and talk about your region um, and what you have control over. Do you do you see um, any shift at all? I think there is. Um, to be honest, it's not something that I've noticed locally as such. Where I've noticed it is more on the global scale. So I'm involved in a couple of chat groups for people that love travel. It was actually something that I discovered uh, during the lockdown and I not being able to travel and having a <laughs> traveler's spirit, I was kind of reaching into anything that would yeah. give me a taste of travel and meeting these wonderful spirits um, from across the world uh, who shared that love of travel was really quite refreshing. I, I was surprised about how much that gave me personally. Uh, and speaking in that terms, there was a lot of conversation around being really conscious of some of these larger multinationals not doing the right thing in local communities and uh, 
um, having the rise in unregistered properties, which puts increased pressure on local communities in terms of long-term rentals, housing affordability, uh, societal amenity issues. So there is a lot of conversation around it. Uh, and I think people are becoming more aware that it, it's something that you need to look into. If you truly love the holiday destination and you want to care for the local community, it is something that you have to think about when you are booking. Yeah, that's true. Um, and, and it's interesting to hear that, you know, there are people who are, um, over the years, that the awareness um, has definitely um, increased. I mean, there's so there's like this conversation about climate change, of course, which has been going on for years and years and years. But I think also um, the the pandemic has somewhere um, brought about a shift. Um, I feel that people are suddenly, you know, because you you can't do all the things that um, you would you would do earlier or you or things that you take grant uh, take granted for, you know, and say that oh, it, um, it, um, it's fine. Um, and it's no big deal, but now it's becoming a big deal. So I think that is, and like you mentioned earlier, I mean, no one would wish COVID on anyone, but I think there are these very, um, very, it's very gradual, but um, you can see the shift. So, you know, it's, Absolutely. yeah, it's, it's interesting. It is. And I think also and what I'm also noticing is I think people have had experienced lockdowns and been in their four walls. And so they're craving nature. They're actually craving that experience of getting out into holiday destinations, getting off the beaten track, experiencing something a little bit different, but actually really taking in nature. And I think because they've missed that freedom to explore those and also the fact that they're not going into high-density areas, especially in Australia, we're lucky enough to have quite expansive, um, you know, natural beauty where yeah. you can go to a beach and enjoy your own space. So I think coming back to that has also made people really conscious about that kind of ecotourism, uh, making sure that they leave a small footprint where they, where they travel uh, because they want to come back to enjoy it. They know that this is something that they'll be able to enjoy uh, safely, especially given the COVID climate. So I think people are starting to really, as you said, when you're taking things for granted and then they're taken away, people are starting to see things a little bit differently now, which is, I think, for the better. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's high time as well that that happens. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, do you plan at some point to, I mean, once, you know, the COVID um, situation has um, cleared up or not 100%, but at least, you know, it will encourage or Australia will allow um, travellers from across the globe um, without restrictions, would you open up your, because now Aussie holidays is obviously not just limited to one state, but it's national. Would you open it up uh, for international travellers? 
Of course, and it is open now to international travellers. It's just the fact that, well, when we launch yeah, travel. international <laughs> travellers, um, yeah. it's just that people can't get here. Um, yeah. So absolutely, welcome with open arms. Um, we had, it's funny, in the West Australia, very uh, strong ties to Singapore and Malaysia, a lot of families coming together and so wanting um, a house rather than uh, a hotel room because they're often travelling with extended families. And uh, just before COVID hit, that direct flights from India were just starting into Perth. Now, obviously, things have been thrown into a disarray, but love it because a lot of the time, um, traveling with these extended families, even I've got a family of five, so I've got three children, two hotel rooms just doesn't work, um, especially when they were younger. So self-contained accommodation appeals to a lot of people and certainly, international travellers, we can't wait to have you back. And I can't wait to be one again and take yeah, it off. <laughs> I know that whole, uh, you know, I, I so relate to you because even I have this, I'm an explorer, this whole wanderlust. It, I mean, it's just, um, something which I, I feel like is in my blood. So um, I'm passionate about it, which is why I'm very, very passionate about now boarding. And I'm so excited because, you know, it's so many different conversations, so many different perspectives um, and all leading to a common message, which is to be able to travel responsibly, to be aware of your environment, to be aware of the communities, you know, to give back, to leave a footprint, like you mentioned. And I think if in some way um, uh, I can make the difference through my platform, um, that's that's something that, you know, will be a small little um accomplishments so you know and for you as well um to actually have a platform like the one that you've created i think is is so incredible i know it's a lot of hard work to try and ensure that um you know your uh, all of the homeowners who are on your platform share a similar vision as you do i think that's that's so important but um but I'm sure you're going to get there. <laughs> Thank you. It's, um, it has been a process, uh, especially in Western Australia, where we are just starting off the state governments just discussing short-term regulation. So previous to that, it was just uh, a hodgepodge of different approaches from different local governments. Uh, and speaking to each one, took a bit of time and patience. Uh, local governments are not necessarily known for um, consistency or, or working quickly, but we believe that was the best thing to do. Now, over east in New South Wales, they've just come through that state government process. So there's some broader rules in place, which makes it easier to, to know where we stand on a state basis. And Western Australia will definitely get there. It's just uh, obviously COVID hit and everything kind of got off schedule. but. Uh, going back to uh, boarding, your, onboarding your... Uh, now boarding. Now boarding. Now boarding, thank yeah. you. Um, <laughs> it was it's one of the discussions that I was having, and obviously being a platform, we have to uh, make sure that we welcome all guests and uh, accessible travel is such a huge thing at the moment. So I had to go as an able-bodied person, I had to go on a huge uh, journey of self 
discovery in, in terms of well, I didn't realise how difficult travel was uh, for a large part of the population who may have disabilities of different um, descriptions. Uh, and trying to embed that into our site to make it more accessible for those people. Uh, and I think there's a, a conversation to be had about, and it's on a, a podcast like this, about what we can do in local communities to make that easier. Uh, because a lot of places that able-bodied people travel to take for granted that they can get there. Um, but people with disabilities who have uh, mobility problems, all of the rest, it's out of their reach and I, again, I think it just comes down to appreciating our, uh, the ability to get to some of these places uh, and what we can look at as a industry as a whole, the tourism industry as a whole, to make it more accessible because it's not necessarily sustainable but uh, typical sustainability but I think it's a really important issue. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, I think it is an important conversation to have. So is there uh, um, something that your platform is doing to help enable this, at least yeah. from within, you know, from, from within um, what is under your control? Yeah, so it comes down to the criteria of the houses. Um, and I'm really embarrassed to say that I had no true understanding what wheelchair accessibility really meant in terms of accommodation. Um, previously, I was like, oh, it's wide enough, you can kind of get in. Uh, and then speaking to people uh, who uh, are, happen to be in a wheelchair or other organisations, we've got independent living um, over here, it was incredible to talk around and guests who were looking for spaces whose husband was, was in a wheelchair. He, he was a more able-bodied. So yes, he had to use a wheelchair, but he was happy to make do. He obviously had upper body strength and as long as he was able to get the wheelchair inside the front door, the bedroom was on the ground floor and the bathroom, the toilet was accessible as the bathroom on the ground floor. He was quite happy to make do and have a, a wider variety of, of accommodation options. While there are other people that need truly wheelchair accessible properties, uh, and you know the, the width has to be correct for the doorways, um, toilet accessibility, sometimes even points. So understanding that not one size fits all and giving them options on our site to say, the main bedroom and bathroom is on the ground floor. And then they can choose. So it's not just wheelchair accessible or not wheelchair accessible. It's giving them a wide variety of boxes that they can check to see if the accommodation suits their needs and not presuming that everybody that is in a wheelchair needs a fully wheelchair accessible property. They may um, happy to, to make do with certain other criteria. So that was really fantastic to be able to get that feedback and go on that learning journey. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, I think it's one step at a time, but obviously heading in the right direction. Yes. Yeah, this has been such an incredible conversation, Amanda. Thank you so much. I've really, um, you know, I'm, I'm really, really excited um, to see, um, you know, how the the whole Aussie holiday stay is actually kind of 
unravels itself and um and you know and it, you must be excited as well so oh, uh, very <laughs> nervous but very excited <laughs> yeah, i'm sure yeah no it's going to be a huge success and i think you're you're headed in the right direction and i think that's the important thing and then eventually um you know who knows uh but uh good luck and i've really really enjoyed this conversation and um i i'm going to follow you and see where <laughs> where this this actually takes you and i hope you're able to travel again very very soon i don't thank you don't want to make you envious but um i i've managed um last year as well as this year to i mean this year has just started so i came back early this year but i could not um i i just could not hold myself back <laughs> so um but well, i am jealous but that's fine <laughs> and my um my brother is in the uk and so he's going to mexico in a week time and i'm just oh but anyway my time will come absolutely a small amount of time in the scheme of things and thank you so much for having me on i've really enjoyed our chat thank you thank you amanda bye bye <laughs> bye Hope you enjoyed this episode of Now Boarding, a travel podcast. Check out other episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And of course, don't forget to share your thoughts with us. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes only on Now Boarding, a travel podcast.